0: I am in John chapter 12 this morning. I'm going to return to Ephesians and finish the book on, I'll begin April 11th with the last section. But today and Easter, I'm going to be preaching on these themes from Palm Sunday and Resurrection Day. It's good to have my father and mother with me. Dad, wave your hand there. Dad and Mom, Crosby, from Gatesville, Texas. Also, my granddaughters, Hope and Eden, are right there with Nina. So we're glad to have them, too. And Mallory is there, too. Did I see Mallory? There's Mallory. All right. So we have three of our granddaughters here with us today. Is Lainey in the room? Where are the priors? Where are the priors? Lainey's here. She's brand new. We love this family. Jared serves on our staff. And Lainey's uh, just two weeks, a little less. And we're glad to have her with us today. It is my birthday today. Some of you mentioned that. So um, I, I can't believe I'm this old. I'm just glad I get to golf with Terry Werlein. It reminds me how young I am, you know. Good to see you, Terry. Eden Faith, the five-year-old, got on the elevator, they say, at the hospital. Elevator's full, the door closes. She turns around and says, okay, people, where are we going? (laughs) Somebody said, this people's going to seven. So she punched all the numbers for everybody in the elevator. Well, people, where are we going? We're going to observe An event of praise that I want you to internalize. I want you to get it. So when you leave today, you understand that you are not complete without praise rolling out of your heart unhindered. Sometimes you just need to open your mouth and let your head fall back and give all the praise and glory due to the God who made you and loves you. And if you fail to do that, you have missed an important aspect of your life. Now let me read for you John chapter 12. And John does this so beautifully. I'm starting with verse 12, John 12. Because he is recorded, and he alone records, the raising of Lazarus from the dead. Lazarus, come forth. Somebody said he had to use Lazarus' name because if he had just said, come forth, the whole cemetery would have emptied out. And this event, which John records, so stirs the population that one of the results is Palm Sunday. It is this event of praise we're about to read. Another result is five days later when they hang him up to die. Look at verse 12. The next day, the great crowd that had come for the feast, that's the Feast of Unleavened Bread around Passover, heard that Jesus was on his way to Jerusalem they took palm branches and went out to meet him, shouting, Hosanna! Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the King of Israel. I hear those words echoing in the Kidron Valley. <laughs> there on the descent of the Mount of Olives, these are radical words. Jesus found a young donkey and sat upon it, as it is written, Do not be afraid, O daughter of Zion. See, your king is coming, seated on a donkey's colt. At first, his disciples did not understand all this. Only after Jesus was glorified did they realize that these things had been written about him and that they had done these things to him. Now the crowd that was with him when he called Lazarus from the tomb and raised him from the dead continued to spread the word. Many people, because they had heard that he had given this miraculous sign, went out to meet him. So the Pharisees said to one another, See, this is getting us nowhere. Look how the whole world Has gone after him. Mira. Total el mundo. Para Jesus. The whole world. For Jesus. Look at them. Look how the whole world. Has gone after him. Picture for a minute. The scene. On the Mount of Olives. With the Pharisees looking on. And the official feast taking place, Passover in just a few days, and people deciding one by one that they are going to line this rocky path that comes down that slope and they are going to sing praises to Jesus of Nazareth. They are going to take off their cloaks and lay them on the path. They're going to cut down the palm branches and they're going to herald him like a king coming into the holy city. They are going to do this. One by one they choose to do so. And I would say to you on this day, make up your mind. Give Jesus praise. Make up your mind. See, on this day, there are some who do and some who do not. But many of those who have heard the mighty things that he has done and heard about the raising of Lazarus, they are coming to the path. They have decided Jesus is the promised one. He is the chosen one. He is the king of Israel. I'm making up my mind. I'm going to give him praise. And I challenge you to make up your mind. Make up your mind. Give him praise. To give Jesus praise, you see. You can do lots of things. You can come to church. You can open your Bible. You can study. You can enjoy the educational experience. But to give Jesus praise takes it all a step further. You can hang out on the periphery of church until the call to worship comes. And that's when you step into the middle Of what church is about. This place. Is about honoring Christ Jesus. As Savior and Lord. And giving him praise. Is the movement of your heart. That he asks for. And requires. When you give him praise. You acknowledge who he is. To say, Jesus is my Lord, I thank you and I praise you. It's a confession of your heart about Jesus. It's very personal in nature, it comes from right here. It says something about your relationship to Him that nothing else in your life does. This is you personally taking the step to give Him praise and honor. You acknowledge Him as Savior and you connect your heart to His in praise. Praise is transformational for you on the inside. See, what is happening on the slope on the Mount of Olives that day There is a group of people who have long awaited the promised king, the Messiah who would come and restore the kingdom to David. And they believe that Jesus of Nazareth is the promised one. And so they are giving him praise. And there is a great sense of expectation and hope in the hearts of those who do this. But we know better. We know Jesus is bigger than simply the king who will sit on the throne of David in a geographical sense. We know him to be larger than the nation of Israel or a Jewish leader. We know now what they did not know, that Jesus is the savior of the world and our own personal deliverer. And so when we come to give him praise, the expectation and the hope runs even higher. For it is not only about things in this life, but eternal things for which we give Him praise. Our praise ought to be fuller and completer than any praise given on that day to Jesus, who is Lord and Christ. Sometimes we interpret our faith and religion in terms of the cause that we support. So we're enthusiastic about the thing we're trying to do together, the cause that we have. Sometimes it's principles that we're seeking to bolster and undergird. And so we participate in our church because there's a cause there that we buy into, and there are principles to which we give assent. That's not what I'm talking about right now, okay? I'm not talking about you being enthusiastic about the cause of helping the hurting and the needy. Or you undergirding principles about patriotism and good deeds. Now I am talking about you personally surrendering your heart and life to the one who came to give his life for you. I'm talking about you worshiping. Submitting to Him as Lord and Savior. Beyond any cause, beyond any purpose, beyond any principles, there is Jesus who stands above it all. And He alone is worthy of our praise. We are not gathered into a congregation today around ideas. We are gathered around a person. Jesus of Nazareth, who we believe is the Christ, the King of Kings, and the Lord of Lords. Make up your mind. Give him praise. Liberate your heart to connect to him. Make your move. Give him praise. Praise is not just personal. It is public. So we give personal praise, and maybe that's how you interpret the praise in your life. But I want you to know, praise is to be public as well. And what happened in Jerusalem that day was in the most public place on the planet... In the center of their universe, where all of their peers and the important people in their lives congregate, this is where these people chose to line that path and give Jesus praise and acknowledge Him as King. It was the most public event Possible, It happened on the Feast of Unleavened Bread when people were gathered by the thousands from all of the nations of the world, all over the Roman Empire. They're gathered here in Jerusalem and they choose in this mix of, of a crowd and among all these diverse people to give Jesus praise. Well, praise is public. Praise is the public affirmation of Christ on your behalf. And for you to praise Him in public is very powerful. We know that it is not a unanimous note that happens in this public scene that we've just read. In fact, John introduces us to some fellows who appear to be standing sort of back on the edge of the crowd I picture them with their arms crossed a little bit. And they're sort of watching things unfold as Jesus rides this donkey into the city. And they're giving sort of a running commentary on what's going on down there. They are not themselves entering into the praise. Well, let me say to you, we welcome the seeker who has not yet made up his mind. We are glad to have him in our company. And if that is who you are, that is fine. We even welcome those who may be hostile to hear the word of the gospel and the praise which we express. But I want you to know there are two places to be in this parade. You're either in or you're out. Your public praise is powerful in its evangelistic appeal to your friends. Do you know what it means for a coworker to hear you Give Jesus praise. To acknowledge him with your words as the king, as the promised one, as your savior and Lord. Praise is powerful. In fact, the apostle Paul says, look, Christians, I want you to worship in such a way that if somebody who's just checking you out or maybe even hostile to the gospel should show up in your midst... He will hear what you are saying. He will hear what you are singing. And he will know that this is of God. And he will fall on his face and say, surely the Lord is among you. There is power in your praise to draw the people you are praying to unto the Savior. There's more power in your praise than in any argument that you will construct. Praise is a powerful apologetic. It's a wonderful tool that God uses to draw people unto Him. Now, you can make your mark with praise as well. I think about the people who are lining this parade... We know about parades here, don't we? I mean, this is the parade capital of the world. We do Super Bowl parades better than anybody, okay? I ate coleslaw last night and uh, carrot salad that were made from vegetables pitched out at the St. Patrick's Day parade. So I'm running on fuel from a parade this very day. And I think about the fuel that happened on that first Palm Sunday when they sang Hosanna, Hosanna, and they let the praises ring outside that city as Jesus made his way to the Eastern Gate. I mean, what are people getting out of this? It is a moment that changes the world. It's so powerful, this moment, as they gather to give him praise. So powerful that the enemies now are consolidated in their resolve to take Jesus down. We're getting nowhere, they say. None of the things we've done to try to fight this movement is helping at all. Look at this. The whole world has gone after him. You make your mark in your world through your praise. Think about how praise changes you. Have you ever been just miserable, frustrated, hopeless, and despairing? Maybe not. Maybe just me, okay? But sometimes I just get down in the mouth. Does that happen to you? Do you know how praise changes things in here? Have you experienced the transformation of praise... When you give God his due and you in the situation of maybe trouble and you don't know what you're going to do next, you just thank God that he is a faithful God, that he sent Jesus to die on the cross for you. And you start thinking of all the things you can give him praise for and there is a transformation that happens inside of you, isn't there? Isn't there a transformation personally that takes place when you give God praise? Look, if you don't know what I'm talking about, I want you to try this. I want you to get out on Lake Pontchartrain if you need to where nobody can hear you and just give him praise. All right. And let the air be disturbed by the praises you express. Let it go out into the air. The Bible says that Satan is the prince of the power of the air. Do you ever read that? The the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now works in the children of disobedience. You know what they're disobedient about? They won't give God praise. They won't give him gratitude. You actually battle the prince of the power of the air. You change the spiritual atmosphere around you when you are willing to praise the Lord. It changes what goes on in here. There's a hope that wells up in you as you give praise. And it changes the dynamic of your relationships and the situation and circumstance you're in. The atmosphere itself has changed as you are a person of praise. Have you ever had a conversation that was taking a dive? I mean such a dive. It was going down the hole and everybody was going down with it. The most negative black hole you ever saw. There it goes. And you had the wisdom and boldness to say the positive word of praise in the midst of the dive. And it just swooped right back up. It is transformational. Praise is contagious. It's more contagious than swine flu. I'm telling you, you start giving God praise and it's going to spread to your children and your spouse And the people around you. It will make a difference in your world. Make your mark. Give God praise. Brothers and sisters, I'm not talking about some strange religious exercise, all right? I'm talking about the fundamental movement of the human heart to the God who alone is worthy. If we can't do this, we don't know Him. If we can't do this, we hadn't yet discovered. His salvation. If we can't do this, we haven't got the first base with God. This is acknowledging who He is, the Creator and Lord of all. This is acknowledging who Jesus is, the one and only Savior of the world, the way, the truth, and the life, the bread sent down from heaven, the living water, and our resurrection. This is fundamental to everything we know and believe. We need to give Him praise. Throughout the Scriptures, you hear the call. Praise Him. Praise Him. You say, why? Because people forget. People get trapped in their own little world, and they forget there's a God in heaven watching over all things who loves them and has provided a way for their salvation, understands their need and their dilemma, I was thinking this morning as I, as I meditated on Jesus about those words that were written 250 years ago that crept into our old hymn books. And I'm not sure. I tried to check out and see who wrote these words. I guess it doesn't matter. How firm a foundation, ye saints of the Lord, is laid for your faith. In his excellent word. What more could he say than to you he has said? To you who, for refuge to Jesus, have fled. Oh, that's me, God. That's me. I came running. One day, so in need, frightened by the prospects of life, I came running to the refuge who is Jesus Himself. And He rescued me by His grace. What more can He say than He's already said? It is time to make up your mind. To make your move, to announce to your world, Jesus is King. Let's bow together. Maybe you've been thinking about making your move. This would be a great Sunday to do so. All those folks gathered in Jerusalem knowing how dangerous it was to say, they went ahead and said it. Jesus is King. Would you make your move in your heart right now, acknowledging your sin? Lord, I need you. I need your forgiveness. I know who I am. Come into my life. Lord, we pray today that on this Palm Sunday, you would find us With our hearts turned toward you. Our hearts open to you. Ready to give you the praise you deserve. Lord, ready to make our move, make up our mind, and make our mark in praise. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.